Hello, and welcome back to How to Ask a Question, another episode of the Gallery 44 podcast. Today, this episode is guest hosted by me, Leila Fatimi, Curator of Education and Community Outreach, and Patricia Abuel, Program Manager at Kapisanan Philippine Center for the Arts. We're really excited to welcome artist Cruz and talk with her about her exhibition in our vitrines, The Things That Make Us Us. Cruz is a first-generation Filipino artist based in Mississauga in Toronto. Her work explores the human emotion while navigating her own mental health experiences. Primarily recognized as a lens-based artist, Cruz frequently engages in creative exploration through poetry and mixed media. Mixed media artist Cruz navigates her sense of identity through personal experiences with mental health and intimate experiences. The Things That Make Us Us uses cyanotypes to connect the artist's past to her present, working through themes of vulnerability, intimacy, loss, and self-discovery. The exhibition is part of our annual Summer Vitrines program, where we collaborate with the local community organization to support the development of an emerging artist's first solo show. So welcome, Cruz. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. And welcome, Patricia. Hi. How are you doing? I'm okay. Very excited. Yeah, it's been a interesting collaborating with you, Cruz, and with Kapisanan, because I feel like in the process, I really got to learn more about your process. Um, but I'm really curious about your artistic journey, which I don't know too much about. Uh, and I'm really excited to share that with our audience, too. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely been quite a journey, but I'm happy to share that with you guys. Cool. So maybe you can start by telling us about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up. Yeah. Um, so my name is Cruz. I'm originally from Philippines, uh, Bulacan, which is just north of Manila. Um, but I was raised in Mississauga and I kind of just go back and forth from Mississauga and uh, Toronto. Um, I'm curious how you would describe yourself as an artist or photographer. Maybe you can talk a little bit about what interests you about the medium and how you developed a relationship with photography. Yeah, um, it's kind of hard to describe how I am as an artist and as a photographer, but as an artist, I would describe myself just, I guess, as an explorer of different mediums. As a photographer, I would just describe myself as a simple um, portrait photographer. Uh, basically, the way that I got into photography itself was it actually runs in my family. My grandpa from my dad's side actually owned a uh like a studio, a photo studio back in the Philippines. And they kind of did wedding photography or event photography. And then when my dad was younger, he sort of helped out his dad. And then when I was younger, my dad always had like the latest gadgets and stuff like that. Like, I think he had, if I remember, like the first digital camera and he just geeked out really hard on that. So then my sister eventually took an interest to photography and me being the youngest child, uh, I kind of like mimicked what my sister was doing. So she eventually did a darkroom class in high school. And I'm not that much younger than her. I ended up taking the same darkroom class. And then it kind of just went on from there. Uh, took a huge interest in film photography. And then I started to kind of collect a lot of cameras, a lot of film cameras, Polaroid cameras. And yeah, that's where I just started my journey. 
Thank you for sharing that, especially about your family. I love hearing about family stories. And it sounds like you kind of, yeah, inherited from your grandfather and dad and um, was influenced by your sister. So that's great to hear. So yeah. continuing with that, how um, else has your artistic journey been so far? Um, like I said earlier, it's definitely been a journey. It's had a lot of its ups and downs. Um I took lots of breaks, a lot of mental health breaks, but I am, you know, I never thought that I'd be where I'm at now, um, which is a great place. And I think COVID definitely had a lot to do with the way that my journey has been and obviously quitting my full-time job, which was a little bit after COVID. Um, I always thought of myself as just strictly a uh, strictly as a photographer but I think because of COVID I was just trapped up in my apartment it really led me to kind of experiment and dabble more into just working with my hands so right now I am more interested in experimenting with different um, types of photographic techniques so I don't know it's kind of hard I don't really know what to describe myself as I guess artist is just like the best thing that I could describe myself as. Um, it's just the easiest thing, really. Try not to overcomplicate things. Yeah. As an artist myself, I feel like, yeah, you don't have to define yourself and it's always transforming. And I think that's part of the fun. And um, yeah, you talk about mental health a lot in your work or it's like a big focus. So as a first generation Filipino artist, um, where mental health can be like a taboo thing, like what is your experience like navigating your culture, like through your art? Uh, I think uh, you and Marie and I talked about this. Um, I think it's a little hard as a Filipino to kind of express your culture through your art personally, because um, I feel like there's a lot of religious ties to our culture and I haven't really dabbled in trying to um, navigate my culture through my art yet just because I've been focusing a lot on my um, personal identity but it gets a little foggy when I try to even think about mixing my cultural identity through my art just because I don't know where to start. Um, but for the most part, I try to make sure, you know, that it's known that I am Filipino. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of hard. My experience, I, I don't really have a lot of experience doing that just yet, but it is something that I want to explore. Yeah, I um, appreciate your vulnerability and intimacy in your work. It is very personal. So is it challenging for you to share these aspects of yourself through your artwork? And how do you navigate this process of opening up to your audience? So when I was younger, I, f I found it like extremely daunting to be vulnerable in any aspect, whether that be art or even just like in my friendships or relationships. Um, like I was a pretty shy kid, so I also had my guard up all the time. Um, but it was when I was starting to experience a lot of like negative things in my life. Um, that's when I started to kind of explore with my vulnerability through my work. So I think it started around like 2016, somewhere between 2016 and 2018. I actually started to write a lot of poetry 
And through that, that's when I started to express myself a little more. And I found myself making this zine and it was kind of a mix between poetry and my photography. And I was traveling a lot at the time. I was doing a lot of solo traveling and I ended up making this zine and it got a lot of great feedback. It was very vulnerable, like the poems that were in it. Even when I look back at it, I kind of get the ick because it was very vulnerable. But I think if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have been able to, you know, continue to make a lot of vulnerable and very intimate projects. Um, that's kind of how I started to do a lot of intimate work. A lot of artists can relate to art being sort of a therapy in some capacity, or at least perhaps in the first way that they started engaging with an art form. And so I'm really interested in hearing about what that process does for you. Like, is it a form of catharsis? Like, how do you experience translating those emotions and feelings and vulnerabilities and intimacies into physical objects? Yeah, it is definitely a form of therapy for myself. It allows me to create Again, it allows me to create the space for myself to be open, not only to myself, but to other people as well. I think I started when I was at a really low point in my life, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people could resonate with this as well is that, you know, when really there's nothing that you could turn to or no one that you could turn to, art was kind of there for me. Yeah, so... When I actually make a lot of my work, I do end up finding myself extremely exhausted, like physically and mentally exhausted. And I think it's because I'm extracting a piece of myself to make that work. Um, but at the same time, it is a time for reflection. Uh, a lot of the times when I end up doing this type of work, I find myself just like staring at the wall or staring at the ceiling and reflecting on all the emotions that I had gone through during that process. And I kind of take that and, you know, portray that in whatever work that I'm doing. Um, but it is very exhausting, I find. It is kind of chaotic. It's a lot of things all bundled in one. Um, but I think, again, that makes for great art, you know. And what would you say the transition was like between previously working with poetry and photography, maybe exclusively, and then having that period during the pandemic, which, I mean, personally, I can really relate to my practice completely transformed because all I wanted to do was work with my hands during the pandemic, like not be in front of a screen, just be, you know, making things and using my hands. Um, so I'm curious from like poetry and photography, I guess zine making, you're sort of using your hands in, but to where you're at now and to some of the pieces in this exhibition, it's very evident how much process is a part of your practice. And so I'm curious about how that transition maybe speaks to kind of this conversation that we're having. So I used to, the way that I worked, my process was I would create a poem and then from that poem, I would then make a series, like a photo series. Um, 
And then coming from that to where we are now, it is a little tricky to kind of create a work without words. Um, in the back of my head, when I was creating this piece and, you know, previous pieces, um, I always kind of had a poem in the back of my head or like a series of words to help me navigate, you know, building the concept itself. Um, so I guess it's not really that much different than my previous process, but at the same time, no words are shown, if that makes sense. It's still there, but I'm just not displaying them anymore, um, which is kind of tricky still because I actually had a showcase for Scotiabank uh, in May and I, I had actually the poems there uh, imposed on like a cyanotype piece and that kind of made it easier. But at the same time, it doesn't really give the look that I wanted it to look. So it, it is a little tricky, but I think the process is still kind of the same a little bit. Would you be open or willing to share it, sharing any of those poems or words if you have them on hand uh, with the audience? And Okay. It says, never meant to be, never meant to remember this. I try to look at you the same, but we never knew what was missed. It doesn't exist. That's it. Very short. Mm, I really like them thinking about your work. I'm thinking about all the themes of connection and sometimes like missed connection. And yeah, I feel like I can totally see that being part of your process. Yeah. 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 I was just wondering because, you know, say anotypes, they're blue and, um, Blue, when I think of blue, I just think of like calm and like sadness. So like, I know like that's not necessarily the theme of your work, but how did like cyanotypes become like a big part of your artistic practice? I mean, cyanotypes, it kind of brings me back to the dark room. And uh, the way that I started photography was film photography and because it's so reminiscent of the dark room, I've like kind of when I started to first experiment with cyanotypes, I ended up, you know, really loving it because, again, I work with my hands. It's a process that's pretty quick, but it's also very challenging. And I'm a Capricorn. I love a good challenge, you know, but I think that it's very fitting to my work because I know you said sadness isn't really part of my work, but it actually is. It's a little, you know, it kind of gives like a mellow mood to the photos that I take. And I think it really translates very well to cyanotypes. Yeah, I kind of just sort of experimented a lot with cyanotypes and I ended up eventually getting really good at it. So I kind of just ran with it. And a lot of my work, if I end up kind of, I wouldn't say mastering it, but if I find that I've sort of got it to the T, then I end up just moving on to the next one. So I find that I might be in the transition of going on to like another medium. So I don't know if I want to keep doing cyanotypes, to be honest, but for now it's it's been working. 
going back to your journey and artistic growth, um, you talk a little bit about moments of challenges and I'm sure with every challenge there's opportunity for growth as well and so I was hoping that you might be able to share just one example of a particularly significant turning point in your artistic practice and how it's gone on to influence some of your work yeah so funny enough I started like my whole photography thing kind of with Polaroid cameras uh, when I was younger, again, I started to, you know, collect a lot of Polaroid cameras and I kind of just dabbled with Polaroid photography just because I like the the instant aspect of it. So it was during COVID and I was already on a big break from photography and I found myself in my apartment just not knowing what to do. I wasn't working at the time either. So I was literally just doing nothing in my room and one day I kind of just like ended up scrummaging through my things I found my Polaroid cameras and I ended up buying like a stack of Polaroid film and then I eventually found another stack of expired Polaroid film and I ended up just kind of experimenting with that what happened was I tried to do collages within empty Polaroid films. So I would open up the expired Polaroid film and then take whatever I make, like a collage, and then kind of put it in there. And I started doing like small animations as well. I had a thought in my head when I was going through that, um, that I kind of came to a realization for me to go back into photography. I had to go back to my roots and my roots was Polaroid photography. So that was kind of a turning point for me starting to experiment with different things. So I did a lot of poetry during COVID. I did a lot of collage work. Um, and then I guess from there, that's when I started to kind of introduce myself into the Polaroid emulsion lift. Uh, but yeah, I think it was just during COVID. That's when everything kind of did a 180. Um, I stopped taking a lot of photos and then I kind of just did a lot of experimentation from there. That was kind of the turning point for my career. Thank you for sharing. So, um, Tapisanan is an organization that supports the artistic growth of Filipino AX youth. And like, I feel like it's summer and then there's a lot of turning points for, a lot of youth right now, maybe they're taking a gap year and just having fun and not thinking about their future right now. Scary thing. So what's your advice for emerging artists? Uh, the advice that I always like to give is to try to experiment different mediums. And I think just be open to different mediums. One of the reasons why I do the workshops as well is the people that I meet are very scared to try new things. And I know as an artist, we're always so tied into that one thing that we're doing. We don't give ourselves time to experiment new things. And I think that in itself could give yourself some inspiration, you know, if ever you're stuck. And I know a lot of artists are very stuck at at least one point in their career. So yeah, main advice would be to experiment with anything whether that be music poetry you know even 
take up a sport. I took up rock climbing or even take up like a different hobby. I started teaching myself how to sew. I feel like if you're well-rounded in all these different things, then you could make something like, I don't know, maybe you could become a mixed media artist, anything. I feel like if you know a lot of different things, it is beneficial for you in the future. So that's my main advice. Yeah, I think that's great advice because especially with social media and I feel like especially with Gen Z, they're so self-conscious about like a brand identity or how they're perceived online. So yeah, definitely experimenting and yeah, just like let go of that and experiment and have fun. Cause I feel like, especially in a gallery setting, people feel that art is such a serious thing, but no, like what we've discussed today, it's about expressing yourself and just experimenting. So thank you. Amazing. Um, well, I think we can sort of wrap this conversation up, but I do have one last question. If you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about and where our listeners can continue to follow your work. I guess that's two questions, but yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't really have any projects just yet. Uh, I, again, need a huge break from all this stuff. I've been going at it for a long time but I guess like the next thing that's coming up I'm actually going to be selling some art at a market which would be the Ruru and Friends market it's the second one that we're doing I believe it's in September but we haven't announced the actual dates yet so I might have some new art coming up during that market but we'll see and I think that's about it but for the most part, everyone can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is VNYVC. Yeah. All right. Perfect. A break sounds like a very exciting next step. So uh, I think it's excited. important that we all take breaks sometimes. So I'm excited for you for that. Uh, so that's it. We encourage you to check out the Things That Make Us Us exhibition at Gallery 44, which is on until August 26. You can follow us on Instagram at G44Photo. And you can also follow Kapisanan Philippine Center for the Arts at Kapisanan, K-A-P-I-S-A-N-A-N. And we want to acknowledge the support of the Canada Council for the Arts in making this podcast possible. And a special thanks to Aaron Hutchinson for editing this podcast and Respectful Child for the sweet tunes. <laughs>